Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you today? Did you have a good weekend? If you're in the extraordinary form of the Mass, um, yesterday was the most glorious feast of Christ the King. Um, we, in fact, in the state the church in today, the church is in today, <clears throat> we should celebrate Christ the King every single day because he has pretty much ceased. He hasn't ceased being our king. We've ceased, we have ceased acknowledging him as king, uh, even most Catholics. We don't live as if Christ is king, and the world certainly doesn't be, even begin to understand that, because if he's king, then we submit in every single way, and if we truly love him, we would be happy servants, happy subjects. I. Uh, I think the last day of the Amazon Synod was yesterday as well. I thought, what a, what a, uh, two dates to come together, the end of the Amazon Synod and, and Christ the King. If they only, if they only understood, if they only knew. But it's quite fitting, I think, that the next day today is the feast of, uh, Saint Simon and Jude. Saints Simon and Jude. And I read this morning, uh, Jude's letter to us, the last, uh, book of the Bible prior to the book of Revelation. It's first, second, third John, and then Jude. <clears throat> and Jude, of course, was an apostle. And he wrote only one letter, and it's very short. And he wrote because of the abominations that were going on in his day. Um, homosexuality rampant, like in our day, uh, disobedience, all of that. And so he writes, this is right in the first century, early on. <clears throat> and I thought I'd read it to us. It's just a page. It's one little book. It's not, I, I don't even know if it occupies a full page in some Bibles. But I bet most people, I won't bet, I'm not a betting person. But I, I wonder that most people have not ever even read Jude. So I'm going to read it. It's quite simple and quite short. And you'll see how it applies to today. Jude a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. So if you are a Catholic and you love God and you're following him, this is for you who are called beloved uh, in God the Father, kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. And then he says, this is the occasion of his letter, Beloved, being very eager to write to you of our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith which was want, once for all delivered to the saints. Uh, you probably threw apologetics uh, venues and all have heard the expression, I've written it a number of times in our newsletters, the faith 
once delivered to the saints. It comes here from Jude. And there's no more revelation after the last apostle. It is the faith, an entire delivered to the saints. The faith develops just as a living organism develops an acorn into the full tree. But you don't add to the faith. Nothing could be added. Nothing could be subtracted. For admission, Jude says, has been secretly gained by some who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Now listen to this. Admission into the church, into the body of Christ, has been secretly gained by some who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly persons who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Uh, if you've been look at, listening to the news the past at least six months, we know that um, the title of uh, Taylor Marshall's, Dr. Taylor Marshall's book is Infiltration. And we know that uh, communists and all sorts of people were um, brought into the church and into the seminaries. And some of them are bishops and cardinals today. Um, and so um, this is what Jude is writing about in the very first century Admission has secretly uh, been secretly gained by some who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. I don't normally don't point out names in the church, but the headline this morning is Father James Martin who is going all over the world. He's a consultant to the Vatican. The Pope named, appointed him head of LGBTQ matters as a consultant, going all over the world, normalizing <clears throat> homosexuality, trying to do that. And as of late, just this past week, uh, it could have been earlier, he's even denying the infallibility of Scripture. Right, if Scripture speaks against homosexuality, and it does, it says homosexuals uh, and slanderers and gossipers and murderers, all of them will not enter the kingdom of God, not without repentance and turning their life around. But Father Martin is um, uh, is denying the inerrancy and the truth of Scripture. So, how a priest like that has not been defrocked? how he is allowed to run rampant all over the church, um, spreading his errors, his debauchery, his evil, while good priests who do the slightest thing to make their church a little more traditional are, are put out by the bishop and put away. It really is um, the times we're living in, beloved. It's the times we're living in. <clears throat> And then Jude goes on to speak about um, uh, uh, the judgment on false teachers, and he says this, Now I desire to remind you, though you were once for all fully, you were once for all fully informed that he who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels 
that did not keep their own position but left their proper dwelling have been kept by him in eternal chains in the nether gloom until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise acted immorally and indulged in unnatural lust, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. And it'll be no different for those today. Father Martin, we, out of the charity of our hearts and gratitude for the salvation we've received, we beg God's grace on you and beg you to repent and convert. You are leading many, many astray, um, but you yourself are headed for eternal fire if you do not repent. Because you will be responsible for others being there. Yet, Jude goes on to say, yet in like manner, these men in their dreamings defile the flesh, reject authority, and revile the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a reviling judgment upon him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So he didn't rebuke him. Excuse me. But the the Lord would rebuke him. Um, But these men revile whatever they do not understand. And by those things that they know by instinct, as irrational animals do, they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perish in Korah's rebellion. These are blemishes on your love feasts as they boldly carouse together, looking after themselves, waterless clouds carried along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the nether gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. The nether gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. That is hell, for whom hell has been reserved forever. It was of these also that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with his holy myriads to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness, which they have committed in such an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own passions, loud mouth boasters, flattering people to gain advantage. Beloved, I'm reading the letter of St. Jude. This is Holy Scripture. This is inspired Holy Scripture. Father Martin, whatever you think of Scripture matters not. It, you don't judge Scripture, it judges you. Jude continues to say, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, quote, In the last time, 
there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. End quote. That's from Jude. It is these who set up divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life and convince some who doubt, save some by snatching them out of the fire. On some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And St. Jude closes with this most loved benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you without blemish before the presence of his glory with rejoicing to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time now and forever. Amen. Dear ones, if you've been in a homosexual lifestyle, man or woman, if you or you've been in a same-sex um, uh, relationship and you want to turn back to God and you don't want to go to hell because at the moment you're on your way to hell. It's not my judgment. It's God's judgment. I wouldn't understand these things if God hadn't left them for us. If you're in a homosexual lifestyle, if you have been married and a same-sex, so-called, there's no such thing as same-sex marriage, but if you have been in a so-called same-sex marriage, it's invalid before God. There's no such thing as marriage between two people of the same sex. Absolutely not. There's still time, beloved. As long as you're breathing, there is still time to repent and go back to God and leave your um, illegitimate partner and return to God in a life of holiness. That's what you need to do. Otherwise, there's no heaven for you. There is eternal life, but you will spend it with the devil and his demons in hell. Our Lord talks more about hell than any other subject in the New Testament. Anyone thinks, uh, anyone who thinks that there's a, a reasonable hope that we won't go to hell also does not believe Scripture also does not believe scripture um it's real beloved hell is real and it is for created for the devil and his angels but it is also for all those who reject god do we send ourselves to hell or does god send us there we send ourselves there it's our choice if we will not bow down and worship god and live according to his commandments and his word There's no place else for us to go. If we're not going to be with God in heaven, then we are without God in hell. That's the choice. There's no limbo. There's no in-between. There's no annihilation. Very, very, very serious, beloved. Um, In our last newsletter, um, let me see if I can just bring that up. Hold on one second. I can't talk and type at the same time. I'm not a techie. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to bring up our last newsletter, um, which uh, because on the cover of that newsletter, 
uh, I quoted St. Peter, who also spoke about the last times. And he said this, You must understand this, that in the last days, distressing times will come, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, obedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, um, implacable, slanderers, profligates, brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the outward form of godliness but denying its power. And Peter says, avoid them. Avoid them. Shall I go down that list again? If you find yourself among the list, um, repent, run to the confessional, and come back to God. And you will not lack a single, single grace. I'm going to reread this one long sentence, two long sentences. You must understand this, that in the last days, distressing times will come. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, excuse me, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates, brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the outward form of godliness, but denying its power. Peter says, avoid them. He says, you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my suffering, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What per, uh, what persecutions, Peter says, what persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but wicked people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ. Maybe, Father Martin, from your childhood you were taught the sacred writings that were able to instruct you for salvation. And now that you're a priest of God, You have disgraced the name of God. You have disgraced the priesthood. You have injured the faithful. You are an apostate. And we need, we beg you for your soul to repent and come back to the faith. Yes, you might be proud about those who follow you. You might be proud to be popular. You might be proud because you got to meet with the Holy Father and because you're a consultant to the Vatican, and because so many very unfortunate bishops invite you to speak. Uh, 
they basically invite you to come in and destroy the faithful. I don't know what good bishop would do that. There is no such thing as a good bishop who will invite you to speak. You are an apostate. You teach heresy with a smile, and you need to repent. You don't know how long you have on this earth. Um, But we beg you out of the charity of our hearts, and we know that it would be pleasing to our Lord who died for you to have uh, one sinner, to have all heaven rejoice for one sinner who repents. Beloved, it's a message for all of us. We all need to repent. If there's anything that's keeping you from God, if you're in an evil lifestyle, if you're in an immoral lifestyle, immoral and evil are the same. If you're living with someone who's not your properly your spouse, you need to separate. You need to separate. You need to repent. And you need to come back to God, and he'll show you the way. He'll show you the way. But if your way is not God's way, beloved, it's very temporary on earth, and you will spend all of eternity burning in hell. I don't think it's worth it. It may not frighten you because you don't believe it. You don't believe it. And we don't want anyone to come to God through fear, but through love. But if you don't come to him... um, Someone once said that at the end, uh, there are those to whom there are those who will say to God, "Thy will be done," and there are those to whom God will say, "Thy will be done." And if you're living right now out of the grace of God, and if you're in a sexual relationship outside of marriage, you are living out of the grace of God. And unless you repent, you will not be in heaven. And there's only one other location, which is hell. And don't worry about location. It's the state of being without God and suffering for your sins through all eternity. That's why God says, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. There's no reason. You could have been a, 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 a acted like, lived like a devil your whole life. It doesn't matter. Because if now you hear his voice, it's the grace of God breaking through your darkened heart. And run to him. Say, Lord, I deserve hell. I do deserve hell. But I, I, I know you can save me, and I want that. I don't want hell. I want to live with you. I want to, I don't know that I could somehow make it up to you. I couldn't do that. But I want to live this day forward for you and for your kingdom and maybe also for souls that I've helped lead astray. Don't wait, Lord. Don't wait, people of God, I should say. Don't wait. Don't wait till Sunday. Don't wait till birthday or Christmas or Easter or, or whatever's coming up, uh, All Saints Day, All Hallows Eve. Don't wait. Repent now while you still have breath, while there is still time, before it is too late, because it will be too late. It will be too late. If you go to sleep tonight and you don't wake up in the morning, it's too late. Sometimes people say, what are we going to do? I mean, maybe it's close to the second coming or to the warning or to the three days of darkness or whatever everyone talks about. How do we do? How do we live our faith? And I always say you live it the same as you would live it if nothing were threatening. You live it as if you have only today to get your life together. You don't live as if you have a week or two weeks or longer. 
Um, we're going to go to our break in just a couple of minutes, beloved. And I would urge you um, to call in with anything on your heart. You can call in anonymously. Uh, maybe you're in a real rough situation and you'd like some help on getting out of it. I'd, I'd be happy to do that, whatever I can offer you. Um, uh, maybe a marriage that's falling apart, um, whatever it may be. Um, the number to call in or text is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or you can email at any time at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, there's so much going on today. You know, I haven't even been filled in on today's news yet. I haven't been filled in on the results of the uh, of the synod. But beloved, don't be afraid if married men or ordained. Um, uh, I don't know what will become of that. There, are, there certainly are married men in the church who had been Anglican priests, for example, and came into the church and uh, were allowed to be priests. Um, but women deacons is a um, it's it's an awful situation. Holy orders are only for men, not women. Women who want to serve have many avenues of serving, but not as a deacon, not as a deaconess. Okay, beloved, there's the music for our break. We'll be right back after the break. Again, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. This is Father Yatsuk Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Ignatius of Antioch. Almighty God, we praise you for your bishop and martyr, St. Ignatius, who offered himself as grain to be ground by the teeth of wild beasts, that he might present to you the pure bread of sacrifice. Accept the willing tribute of our lives, and give us a share in the pure and spotless offering of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
The Station of the Cross offers online tutorials to help you get the most out of your iCatholic Radio app. You'll be introduced to our latest features and the opportunities available for not only listening to our live stream, but also to a variety of podcasts of our shows, prayers, and special presentations. For these tutorials and more, click on the iCatholic Radio link located on the Stations page of our website, thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and we are here for the next half hour to take your calls, your texts, your emails, uh, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have um, a question on uh, from Facebook, actually, from Ignatius, who writes, Mother, I'm concerned about the plethora of devotionals within the Catholic Church. There are the few big ones that many people follow and are very beautiful, such as the Rosary, Divine Mercy, Sacred Heart, Brown Scapular. But I have seen many times that these devotions are taken too seriously and are favored over the sacraments of the Church as a means to achieve salvation. Oh, dear. The problem is people are gullible and are often looking for excuse me often looking for proverbial get rich quick schemes when it comes to grace. If a catholic who is not very well formed perhaps this could apply he says to the majority of catholics sees the brown scapular promise for instance they may take hold of that devotion and disregard the need for a true sacramental life. I've actually seen this happen with family members. So here is my question. Do these many devotions do more harm than good? I exclude the big two, being the Rosary and Divine Mercy, from this. Oh, Rosary and Divine Mercy are not the big two. But why do we need all these seemingly extraneous devotions? They can be very confusing for the very people they are meant to help. Am I way off base here? Well, I, the Rosary, Our Lady's asked us to pray this every day, and our Lord through St. Faustina did ask us to play, pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. But I don't want to put anything above the Sacred Heart. Nothing above the Sacred Heart. Outside of the Mass, it's the number one devotion in the Church. I understand what you're saying, Ignatius. People could get lost in, number one, so many devotions that they don't even have time to keep their house clean or, you know, feel guilty if they leave out a few and, you know, often don't go to confession enough or, or live a proper sacramental life. So I absolutely agree with you. But I'll tell you my own experience, dear Ignatius, when I first came into the church, from evangelical Protestantism, 
uh, and of course, you know, a Jewish background, but in evangelical Protestantism, I, I think I sort of had God in a box. I, I knew who God was, and then I came to the Catholic Church, and I hardly had a clue. I knew who he was. I knew what he did. Um, but um, to begin to plumb the depths of the church, the devotions, the uh, the riches, the prayers, the relics, the so much. I I, I stood as if uh, as if being a little child up against the glass in a store like Costco or Sam's, a huge huge retailer, and my nose was against the glass, and I'm looking in, and I'm a three year old, and I'm thinking, it's all mine. It's it, and to me, it was a candy store. It's all mine. I'll never even go through it in a lifetime. It's all mine. So yes, um, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. In fact, as an evangelical, I read the Bible through every single year. And people say, do you read it through now? And I say, no, why would I read it? I'm Catholic. A little joking, but not completely. I don't... Uh, make sure I read it through now in a year anymore because there are so many beautiful devotions, so many of the saints to read. Um, it's, it's really a smorgasbord. But if we're not reading the Bible, if we're not going to Mass, if we're not going to confession, if we're not uh, keeping up with the basics, then um, then perhaps our... Um, how do I say, our devotions are getting a little out of hand. They're not too many, they're one, because if we began to know all the devotions from all the cultures, from all the countries, from all the saints, and again, um, they're saints, many of them have spoken to the Blessed Mother, to God, and they've given them certain devotions, certain things. We cannot take them all on, but we can take on um, just those few that really... Um, that we feel God has guided us to. You know, I think about all the books, millions and millions and millions of books. My goodness. But St. Francis de Sale advises, he said, take one book and read it for life. Don't skim or read all these little books. One book and make it, make it your life's book and read it over and over and over and over again, because then you'll begin to plumb the depths like you never have before. So I would say, Ignatius, don't worry um, uh, about that. There are not too many devotions in the church. There's more than you or I could number. Um, but God has inspired many people through devotions like that. So um, uh, nothing against it. It's just our focus on um, on living a devotional life and picking out the meditation or the gospel or the story or something that will really help us. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother Miriam, I hope and pray you are doing well. Mother, I must have your insight about this. I am currently reading Windswept House by Malachi Martin. Have you ever read it? I've not. I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. If you have, what are your thoughts? Well, I have not. Um, and she says, my heart is hurting so much, 
seeing what has gone on behind the scenes in our church. I was hoping it wasn't true. I was hoping it wasn't true. But the more I investigate some of the names that Malachi Martin did not. Sorry, I got mixed up on here. Um, I was hoping it wasn't true, but the more I investigated some of the names that he did not, that he did not use, but many people figured out who they were, the more I am realizing it did happen, especially with the satanic ceremony and what then and what went on doing it, especially with the satanic ceremony and what went on during it and bringing Satan in our church. Mother, I'm trying not to despair, but I honestly had no clue any of this was going on and still might be going on. I would love to hear your thoughts. May God bless you, Mother, and may you always lead us to our Lord. God bless you. Um, It's a simple answer, beloved. Don't despair. Trust God. The devil is going to have his playground, but trust God and cling to him and don't allow anything or anyone unholy in. Um, Don't be afraid. Just um, stick to holy people of God who are going to help you on your way to heaven. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download on your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a good 15-plus minutes. You're welcome to call in, text, or email toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or uh, email at mother at the station of the cross.com. I thought of something during the break to our uh, dear soul who wrote in that she's just heard about Malachi Martin and his prophecies, and they seem to be coming true in the church and uh, even to a person and all of that. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is on his throne. He is in control, even though it doesn't seem like that. God is on his throne. Nothing happens that he doesn't allow, even though it might be our choices. If God allows it, um, it, it, nothing runs out of his control except what we desire to be out of his control. He lets us have free will. But don't be afraid that you're just discovering these things now. You know, the scripture I read from Peter's letter, Second uh, Peter, the scripture has talked about this all along, and maybe you haven't read it, but at the end, men's hearts will grow cold, um, they'll give in to their own fleshly, sinful, evil desires, uh, bishops against bishops, and greed, and all of that. It's it's all happening. Uh, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of Good Success, who am I leaving out? Our Lady of La Salette, all have predicted just what's happening today. Don't be afraid. Be grateful that you have faith, and you're not one of those who have um, fallen from grace, that you haven't denied your Lord. Be grateful for that. And the more you hear of these things, um, the more holy our lives should become, because we have what the whole world needs. And I've said it before that I feel, excuse me, enormously privileged to be living in this day. I wish things were different. I wish they were holy. I wish that evil weren't taking over public schools and Catholic schools. And again, I've been telling everybody to get their children out. And so the government has come up with homeschool programs to get their evil curriculum into the homeschools. You're just bringing public school home if you fall for it. It's free. It's terrible. It's evil. We need to be aware and not afraid. We need to live our faith. We have an anonymous email who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I sent an email about a week before this email. For some reason, the email uh, didn't save or send. I apologize. Here's what I wanted to ask. I recently started to learn the rosary not too long ago. I looked up some YouTube videos to help me to focus and follow along. I also heard about the 54-day novena about this time. I started to follow along a video that had the mysteries prayed in a certain order. The order was joyful, luminous, sorrowful, glorious, joyful. Let's see, joyful, 
luminous, sorrowful, glorious, joyful. And then you repeat that. My question is, is it wrong to pray the mysteries like that? I am a beginner and noticed that some mysteries did not go with the certain day it should be. Like I may pray luminous on a Wednesday instead of the usual Thursday. If it's okay to pray like that, I ha- yes, it is. Yes, it is, beloved. I know that the um, the 54-day novena to Our Lady, which I absolutely recommend, has them in that order, and don't worry about it. Um, I think that was given to um, a young lady in the 16th century. If it is okay to pray like that, I have another question. If prayed in that order, in petition, it ends with sorrowful. And in thanksgiving, it begins with joyful. Is that okay, too? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's okay. And she or he writes, um, Also, there were some days that I missed and did two mysteries on the next day. Is that acceptable, or should I start all over? I am still praying the rosary um, in how I can, but I wanted your advice. Um, well, I don't know how strict uh, Our Lady would be at that. If you missed a day, do you start all over? I, I don't know that she would have to have you start all over. The fact that you did two mysteries the next day, I think, is very good. I don't think you should worry about it. Um, and then you say, so sorry for asking too much. Not at all, sweetheart. Below is the channel link that I was watching um, It from if you're interested. So she gave us the link. But all you need to do, anybody that wants that 54-day no, uh, rosary, and I absolutely do recommend it. Um, and you don't, let me just say this, if anyone feels a little more scrupulous about this and wants to pray the, the day's mysteries on the exact day, um, so if you're praying all 20 mysteries, Sunday would be the glorious, Monday the joyful, Tuesday the sorrowful, Wednesday the glorious, Thursday the luminous, Friday sorrowful, Saturday um, joyful. You can pray the 54-day novena that way as well. You don't have to pray in the order given. You can pray um, as well uh, on the specific days. It's, it's simply not a problem. All right. In fact, when that when that fifty four day rosary was given, the novena, we didn't have the luminous mysteries. So many people pray it without the luminous mysteries. Um, that's okay too. Don't worry. the uh, the The issue is your heart for God and Our Lady. We have an email from Barbara in Chicago who writes, "Dear Mother, regarding regarding All Hallows Eve." I would like to know if it is proper for practicing Catholics to pass out candy treats to trick or treaters who will be coming around door to door and celebrating the secular Halloween. I have not purchased any candy this year for trick or treaters because I have, as you have been explaining, I'm trying really to live out my Catholic faith and to not be of the secular world. Thank you, and God bless you, Mother. I tell you what, Barbara, I've been struggling with the same thing because we usually have huge bowls of candy for families who come to the door, and we speak to them and all of that. Um, I, I actually do want to continue that um, because um, 
uh, we get to meet families. And in our case, we're two nuns, you see. Um, and so uh, sometimes people probably think we're dressed up for Halloween, but we're nuns that answer the door. And so... Um, we get to talk to them. I ask the children who they are, about their costumes, their names, uh, sometimes their church, especially if they're with the parents. So it could be a, a good opportunity to witness. It would be best if we, um, it's fine if you don't, it's fine if you don't. In our neighborhood here, if we close our uh, shades and have our lights off, they don't knock at the door. They just don't. They figure the houses that want us, that want trick-or-treaters, have their porch lights on. And that's that's a respectful thing. Um, but it would be even better if you and your children and your family were dressed up as saints, and then you could all answer the door and exchange who you are. That would really be the way. That would really be fantastic. And your children can tell them, you know, I'm St. Peter, I'm St. Catherine, I'm this, I'm that, and a little bit about your saints. It would be, it, that would be a really wonderful exchange and a tremendous witness. Um, apart from that, we've handed out candy and we normally, you know, may have a little Halloween tract, um, a Catholic message with it that we can give to them. So, um, okay, it's really up to you, Barbara. Uh, either way, either way, if you want to love those who come to the door and say, God bless you, and uh, it, it, it's not wrong to do that. I would just say it's not the thing to do to send your children out. But your children can understand that the world doesn't understand. And so they're celebrating a secular uh, Halloween, which in some cases is demonic. Um, so um, you could say, let's, let's, we could be God's witness to them by our love. Uh, but make sure your children are safe. Uh, we have an email from Kathy who says, May the Lord bless and keep you, Mother M. <laughs> okay. I just listened to your radio show because a friend sent me the link. It was the one where you spoke of homeschooling and getting children out of public school now. Thank you for taking such a bold stand in supporting and presenting this perspective. I homeschooled my two children as long as I was able and will never regret it. It is worth whatever sacrifice parents feel they must make. Bless you, Kathy. And then she says, thank you again for your courageous stand for families under siege in America. And they are under siege, beloved. Kathy's absolutely right. They are under, under siege. And if, um, based on these elections, if, um, if those who are advocating socialism have their way, we're going to be in trouble uh, and um, enslaved, and you will see evil like you've never seen it before in no time, in absolutely no time. We have an email from Peter, and he says, Good afternoon, Mother Miriam. I trust this email finds you in great health and spirits. Well, it just found me, and I'm in great health and spirits. Thanks, Peter. I came across the Station of the Cross on 1060 AM here in Massachusetts. Um, quite by accident, a few weeks ago, uh, I had just finished assembling a one transistor AM radio like those from the 1950s <laughs> from scratch. Well, it worked. Boy, did it work. The first station I tuned in 
um, I tuned to here in Rentham, Massachusetts, was 1060 AM WQOM in Natick, Massachusetts. Look at that. Look at that. That's God's doing. He he uh, did a little finagling there. Um, and it was broadcasting Mother Miriam Live. After listening for a while, I was hooked. What a great and inspirational program. For this, I thank you and love you. Being on vacation this week, I have it tuned in all the time while painting the barn. The more I listen, the more I am hooked. Oh, isn't this these so sweet? See, Peter, we love and encourage uh, one another um, to faith and good works, just as God wanted us to. In this terrible time, we encourage one another. And I tell you what, Peter, I'm very grateful to be on the Station of the Cross, but this is not a, a plea for uh, donations for anybody. But if it weren't for all of you out there supporting Station of the Cross, I couldn't be on. We're doing it together, beloved. We're reaching uh, out with a true faith together. And Peter goes on to say, you know, to be honest with you, I've suffered ups and downs just like everybody else. Something was missing in my life, and I could not put my finger on it. Though you're pr- through your programming, I have found the answer. I don't need to tell you what it is either. <laughs> Perhaps coming across the station of the cross was not an accident after all. No accidents, my beloved brother. And he says the real inspiration for writing is this. As you were... I, too, was born Jewish. Wow. I'm 50% Ukrainian, 25% Austrian, 25% Hungarian. Peter, I'm half Ukrainian and half Hungarian. Look at this. I don't think I have Austrian in me, but I'm, I'm Ukrainian and Hungarian. And he says all three sides were devastated by the Holocaust. I know. I know. In fact, I'll tell you that part of my family was brought over, um, hidden in the bottom of a boat by nuns. Uh, I know. And my mother was born when they arrived on this side of the ocean. And he says, I was for the most part into Judaism. Through my bar mitzvah on June 3rd, 1967, I suppose that I followed through as it was the right thing to do. After that, I seemed to slide. I felt I had done what I should have done. My cantor, that's a cantor in a Jewish synagogue, my cantor made a statement while I was preparing for my bar mitzvah that has always stuck with me. Quote, we as Jews don't feel that Judaism is the perfect religion. Well, look at that. End quote. Being an inquisitive person, I always felt that something was missing in my religious spirituality from an early age. I was always fascinated with Catholicism. You sound like my brother. I've never dared mentioning it to anybody for fear of the wrath that I would have experienced. I remember my elders always speaking of the Goyim, um, and that's just um, a Hebrew word for Gentiles. Um, I knew that this was not right. The older I became, the more I was drawn to Catholicism. Um, Oh, sweetheart. Uh, I don't think we're going to have time for the rest of your email. He says, my wife of almost 40 years uh, is also 50% Catholic and 50% Methodist. Oh, dear, this, there's no such thing as 50% Catholic and 50% Methodist. That's, you could be 50% Ukrainian and Austrian-Hungarian, but not Catholic and Methodist. We'll speak with you tomorrow. <laughs> 